really most of the time. I, Hello, everybody, and welcome to the FilmReview.com podcast. I am your host, FilmReview.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, it's uh, Crimson Peak. And, uh, you know, if only we could have got somewhere a little bit sooner, and this was not such a crazy week. Uh, it was like everything came out and everyone right. wanted to go all of a sudden. Yeah. It, it was a weird week at the theater because uh, we've been talking for weeks about how there's just nothing and yeah. it's all deadness and everything. Then all of a sudden, Bridge of Spies and, pe- and people actually and, showed up. Yeah. I was a little nervous about Bridge of Spies for a while there because it just didn't seem like anyone was talking about it. Right. It didn't seem to be like, you know, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks come out with a movie a year ago people were way more hyped for this movie right, right. than all of a sudden they were well, right now. That's like it, what I said when we were in line. I was like, I, I can't remember except for War Horse, a film by Spielberg, or, or I guess by Tom Hanks, but maybe maybe if I think differently of that, but definitely a Spielberg film that's this soft. I haven't right. seen, I see one ad and I think I saw it days and days and days ago. Right. I just And, it, and it, it, didn't, just, it didn't actually do that well yet, right. anyway. Um, as, as far as the official box office... It's still a weird week, right? But there was right. enough. It is a weird. St- there was enough stuff going on that when you put them all together, right? Uh, you had uh, goosebumps actually. So far as beating the Martian, right? So you've still got the Martian from Pulling weeks, money weeks from ago. Weeks from the second, it's, it's still second right now. At yeah. the end, when we get to the end of the weekend, we'll and it's tomorrow, it might be different, right? But I'm not so sure about that. And then you've got uh, Bridge of Spies and and uh, this one, yeah. Crimson Peak, and put everything together. And, and so you've got Weird. those four movies. Right. You put them all together, and it's almost like you have a pretty big weekend. It's, um, <laughs> right. you know, instead of instead of just having the one thing that's making $100 million that weekend, yeah. you've got a bunch of stuff where finally you're getting enough people showing up that it seems like a pretty big weekend. I wish Bridges Spies did better. I, I wish more people were more interested in it. Yeah. Just uh, and you know, not even that I'm like a Steven Spielberg or Tom Hanks fan, really. That's so weird. But just because uh, I don't know how you cannot be. Well, I'm I'm not like a huge fan of either of theirs. You know, I was yeah. I was a big Tom Hanks fan, like when he was on Bosom Buddies. So was I. <laughs> and, and Peter Scolari and and, Don, and, I mean, and I eventually, and everything. Yeah. eventually, I've gotten a little bored with him actually. Uh, you know, have you really like uh, I have him, really. him or his acting? Like no, he's not necessarily well, the same guy. It's not like for a while Tom Cruise was the same dude. And you know, film. when he was moving along the road of getting into films and becoming yeah. the big star, uh, I really liked him. Yeah, I mean, like background er, early days, like big right. and and sure. things like that. I thought he was really great. And the more he got into really dramatic stuff. Yeah. The more I the more I just didn't like the movies he was picking. And right. then and then I didn't oh. love him in them. You yeah, know, and it was just I and look this up. I, I, I don't gotta, know. The I more, gotta look and see what was the last time I the, just the more like the more attention that he got, you know like Castaway I hated. I know you and, uh, well and I understand Castaway's a weird but, one. I get Phil, why Philadelphia like it. I thought was really kind of overrated actually and it was almost like a kind of politically correct you had to like it thing from a long time ago. I I, didn't, I didn't love that I movie. That. I didn't think there was anything really fantastic about that movie. It was it was certainly okay. But everybody loved it like crazy. I don't know, but anyway, over the years I just, you know, he doesn't come out with stuff that I'm like, "Oh, I have to go well, see it, the next it, thing yeah. he's in, you know. It's just, I, I'm a huge Steven Spielberg. Fan. Kind of the same with Steven Spielberg. You know, I'm actually, a huge Spielberg fan. Tom Hanks. The more I look back over a lot of the last few things that he did, with the exception of the frequent Toy Story appearances that he oh, does sure, as Woody, sure. how can you not like that? But yeah, I mean, I guess there's a few things like I wasn't, uh, I didn't hate Saving Mr. Banks, but. I wasn't no, ecstatic about it. That's true. That, I thought that he was that good. was pretty good, and he was good in it. And I and I feel the same about Captain Phillips. I think he was good in that, but the movie was just kind of right. uneven. 
you know, and and, you, and and you know the thing is too, like Saving Mr. Banks, because I did kind of like that movie. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it, awesome or but anything. It was, it was a good movie, but it also was the kind of movie where it wasn't really you know, hey Tom Hanks, right? Got to go see that because Tom right. Hanks. I mean, it's just I don't know. Anyway, I think I think for me, Tom, I, could could we digress? More well, it's strange. It's strange stressing. to really be anchored to something that is if. You know, and I liked him from Bism, Bosom Buddies, Splash, Big, you know, that early stage of Tom Hanks. And then later, post-Philadelphia, but like around 2000, he had like one hit after another. And it wasn't a hit, but it was like a, a, a hit for me. Right. You know, stuff like uh, Shawshank Redemption, The Road to Perdition, uh, Catch Me If You Can, um, you know, Saving Private Ryan. You know, I loved him in all of those films. And... And I just thought, man, the sky's the limit for this guy. It doesn't it doesn't have to be these social justice films right. like you know Philadelphia, but but anyway. Anyway, um, nobody's I, talking. About I the just film. I wish it this was, is more. This I, is I more wish conversation about better. the movie than I've heard. I, I know weeks, exactly. So. I wish it was doing better, just because. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's an interesting story. I think it's weird, yeah. and you know we were talking about this last night. I think it's weird that all this historical stuff is coming out. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it just doesn't seem that interesting. This one actually seems like at least it's interesting. It's got kind of this like Argo-ish, yeah. you know, thing going yeah. on. And and maybe it's interesting. I still feel like maybe it's a, a big buildup to to a kind of an anticlimactic end for a movie. But anyway, maybe. Um, but I, w- I just wish it was bigger. I wish it wasn't... Uh, you know, getting beat by a movie that came out two weeks ago, even right. if even if it is a The Martian is great and yeah, e- fun. even it, if it yeah, is right. a really big movie, I right. just wish it had a little bit more going on behind it. I think it's actually pretty cool that Goosebumps is doing well. Me too. I don't even know where Crimson Peak is actually, but sure. it's uh, it was interesting. Our, it's we, like fourth or fifth. We or live something. in a small city, and when we got night and we saw it last night, it it was packed. I mean, it was like out the door. Yeah, you know, the line theater to get was in. packed. And to buy tickets. And as we got up to the counter, I actually asked them, like, what's what are people going to? Because I was I, I couldn't tell. And it, and she said, you know, Goosebumps, The Martian and Bridges, of, Bridges, Bridges Spies. Spies. Yeah. You know, and I was like, wow, The Martian is still in that category. That's really cool. That's that's word of mouth. You know, that's everyone going to see it and saying, you got to go check this out. It's really great. Right. So anyway, uh, so the, not a lot of news this week. And actually, yeah. I have to admit, I was I was out of it this week. I was not, you know, I did not have my finger on the pulse of the movie world. This you didn't week. miss anything. Uh, but it did oddly seem like, you know, there's no one was making sure that I knew anything this week. You know, what's really which funny. Is the only odd. thing that, that kept coming up that I kept seeing and that people were asking me about not that I'm a barometer for the news and entertainment, but you know, to some extent, I guess, are you going to watch, you know, Tracy Morgan on SNL? Right. That was like, like his return, you know, was kind of the big thing. I didn't even see it. Right. You know, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen the Peter David, I've seen, so I've seen, I've Larry seen a David. bunch of clips of it. I've seen Larry David as Bernie Sanders right. five times, you know, but I haven't seen that. So I, I mean, good for him. But that was all that sure. I that was all that I saw. Yeah, there's no movie news. That's all. No. You, all you need to know is that there's no movie right. news. Um, there's the only thing people are uh, kind of talking about this week is that it's just one week closer to oh, awards right. in December and right. all of the other big movies. But that's right. all. It's all old news anyway. It's just mm-hmm. people are talking about it again. And and uh, all the movies like you know uh, Suffragette and right. and all these movies that are hoping for some attention yeah. are releasing more clips and sure. trailers and yeah. nothing that's fantastic. You know, Marvel didn't have any announcements, so right. there's no right. interesting news. Anyway, Crimson Peak, um, very uh, kind of cool movie. If you've seen the trailers, a cool movie to like suck you in. Yeah. Um, if I guess if you watch the trailer and there's any chance you think you'll like it, <laughs> There's no, ah, eh, maybe that'll be okay. There's either, you know, I'm not going to see that, or that looks awesome. Or I'm there. And that, I feel like that, I feel like you either loved that movie or you hated it when you walked out of it, too. Uh, I don't know about that. You're kind of in the middle. <laughs> oh, look, giving away. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So we're a little early on our official countdown of when right. we start the movies. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump out on this one. So just to run through it real quick, it's... Uh, Guillermo del Toro, which, you know, sometimes people go flip-flop with him. 
uh, a lot of people love him and love everything he does right. and, and think that he's just the next greatest thing. There are a lot of people out there too that really kind of go back and forth and it's almost like every other thing he does. It's like uh I hate the TV show. I love right, the Pan's Labyrinth right, but or I whatever. Didn't like I didn't I, like you know I, I hate this movie. I love this right. movie. He, he's he, it and it's I think it's a good thing actually. Yeah. Just in that uh he's not always doing the same thing. Right. He will he will he's cover fine. a lot of territory and do a lot of different things. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like some people fall in love with something that he does. And then, you know, it's like they want him to get into this right. kind of M night role right. where everything is just going to be the same, you know, yeah. and, and so then he does something completely different and then they don't like it. I don't know. So <laughs> he's an interesting director. If for no other reason, just the fact that, you don't know what you're getting when you go into his, into anything that he does, whether it's a, you know, the, the strain is weird. Yeah. And it, it's hard to tell how much of that is his fault. Yeah. Right. Or, or I guess if you love the show, how much of it is, right. it, his, his is, is he should get credit for. Yeah. It started off very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's just how TV shows are. You have enough episodes yeah. and pretty soon you either have laid out five seasons of a theory. Right. Or you're scrambling like <laughs> week to week yeah. to go, I don't know, do something. Right. And anyway, I don't know. I liked that show at first and then it just got really weird. It's weird. So many people and then, I know were and then all of a, on it. And then all of a sudden it's like practically like horror threes company. I mean, it's it's like the goofiest stuff happens. And I, I feel like half my friends that I trust in stuff like this watched it and loved it and now don't. Right. And the other half didn't like it and they started watching it and now they do. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, That's it's weird. weird. It's like it's like the people that I trust for things like that. They just can't decide right. somewhere in the middle. It's great because right. where everybody digs it. So. So uh, anyway, this is. Uh, Mia Wazakowska yeah. and uh, Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston, and Chastain. Jessica Chastain, yeah. and, uh, and you, Charlie Hunnam. You get well, you, you got to say his name. Yeah, everything Charlie, now. I don't have to. Um, well, we did. And you get a lot of what's going on in the trailer, kind of. Uh, the ghost storyness, the fact that there's like the love angle going on. Yeah. You don't get maybe kind of the whole layout you of get, like the kind of you get the fairy tale yeah. thing or whatever, but you know, there's ghosts, you know, there's right. a crazy, creepy house, whatever. And you know that it's kind of the, a, a weird love thing is yeah. going on. And you know that Jessica Chastain looks pissed yeah. <laughs> and in so, everything. Right. So you, you've right. got uh, a pretty good idea of what's going on. So anyway, I am now we're, really close to time. We're pretty close. Look at that. I am really uh in a in a strange way pretty solidly at like three and a half. I knew you didn't like this. <laughs> I I mean this was just the kind I, of thing. So I I give this movie like almost ten for style. Mm -hmm. Aesthetic and, and almost nothing for substance. Right. Because right. the story of this movie for me is uh something that almost anyone on earth could have written in a half an hour. That's yeah. like, that's like all the story you get. And what was even worse for me was uh, you're watching the movie and you know, absolutely everything that's going to happen yeah. in like the first 15 minutes. Right. I mean, you just, you, you've pretty much seen it all before and it's just all pasted together in, in a bizarrely simplistic way, considering what you think you're going to maybe get when yeah. you go into it. So yeah. maybe I just had too high expectations or something, but I, the more it went on, the more I could not believe this is really the story. I was, right. I was thinking at certain points, I was like, okay, now it's all gonna, you know, from dust till right. dawn be a completely different movie at some point, right. And it's going to surprise me and be a whole other thing. And then, right. no, it's just, that's what it is. I also had pretty high expectations going in. I love, <clears throat> I love uh, Del Toro's stuff. I've been a fan of his for a long time. And I think before Pacific Rim, I think there were like five, maybe six films in a row. I was nuts about. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. 
I'm at five. I just thought yeah. it was average. And 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 the things that are really great, the things that are really glorious, are most of the things that are really grandiose, like the setting, the yeah. mood, the effectiveness, the ability to create a gothic story is you would think very easy with you know technology and everything today, but it's it's not always easy. You know we right. see it mistakenly done and done badly. This is perfect. Like yeah. this is gorgeous, and it and it gets most of the stuff right. The problem is in much of, and it, and it isn't even the actors <clears throat> necessarily because they're all very talented. I, you just, you watch actors that are talented, not deliver a good performance. And you know, the director is very capable. Then you kind of whittle it down. and You know, that's got to be the story, you know, right. and, and the story has problems and that's Del Toro's fault too. You just, you get this sense that what he wanted to do was he wanted to write like a, a ghost story but a haunted house story on top of that. The film is two hours long. It won't come as a big surprise if we don't like a movie that that's one of the things we turn to because I don't want to sit through something <laughs> right. miserable for a long right. time. It's interesting that you were just talking about the strain because one of the things that I felt was this would have been an amazingly effective, though wildly over-budgeted, one-hour TV show, like yeah. Tales from the Crypt, like right. something where Del Toro comes in where Guillermo is like doing a guest episode, you know, like a strain kind of thing. And and he's gone. Because if you tell the story that you have in an hour, this might work better. And it might make you make the problems that I have with this, I think, are are maybe corrected if you constrain the time a bit. Like there's no real emotion. It, well, it's full of cliche. I give you that. You know, I'm not even going to argue anything about it anyway, but it's full of like one cliche after another, which is really ironic because when we were walking into the movie, <laughs> we, were we were talking about, about how movies, Suffragette, and, Suffragette and Friday Night Lights right. are like these these source materials that were so copied and duplicated that by the time they come out, they seem very cliche, but they're the originators. This film we walk into, and, and Del Toro is notoriously one of these guys who is just not a cliche guy. Right. And and there's and so there's to so see much so many cliches. There's so there. much in this movie that is built up in a really weird, crazy, new and unique way. Yeah. Just to have all the cliches dumped into it. Yeah, that's like even worse. It, it is worse. It, it's like this this completely almost just bonkers story of the whole the the red clay and the snow and the yeah. and that you know there's like a weird almost like flowers in the attic yeah. background going on right um but just the whole house is sinking the we've, there's a hole in the roof there's yeah. these people in Ireland or where somewhere in the UK I don't oh, even, yeah. I don't even remember where they're from but they're in like this place where they this is their house right. and I'm the baron of yeah I'm the baron of clay yeah and and there's like all this and the and the weird way the ghosts <laughs> the work clay is awesome right? that's great the weird way that we've got these ghosts <laughs> and why they exist and apparently ghosts can see the future and right. and all this stuff right. that you could put something together really you know cool and amazing and then just let it happen in this crazy house you've built right. that's awesome right and but no right it, but instead we just leave it all laying there and throw a bunch of cliches at you yeah. if if m knight had directed this and five minutes in when we see the girl's mom warn her of crimson peak i would have rolled my eyes and been like i know exactly what i'm getting right if the guy who did paranormal activity for you know, had done that. I'd have been like, okay, but this is Guillermo del Toro. And I'm watching that and I'm like, that's going to have a payoff and it's going to be good because right. you're Guillermo del Toro. And eventually like what, what I kept giving for leeway because your Guillermo del Toro became like a, a little unforgiving when I had to like reflect right. on it. Cause I'm like, you're Guillermo del Toro. What right. are you doing this for? Right. You know, like what you said that, you know, that the main characters are who they are, but the, the, the character of Guillermo's story is the house, you know, this haunted house where I feel like he had a great idea. Except that then built... it's kind of not. Right. right. Like it, 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 it is and it's right there. Well, it's and then like, you're going, I'm sure he had this idea for these visuals of like this house that's sinking, you know, into this clay. And, and there's a very 
you know, interesting way of describing what he wants to show. Cause he's a visual guy. He's like, I want the snow to look like blood. How can I do it? You know, well, we'll make it clay and the clay seeps up and, and they actually go through a very quick way of explaining it, which was kind of believable enough, you know, it was believable enough. Right. And, but the problem with the house as a character is actually like what I feel is a metaphor for the whole story, which is if this is the centerpiece and there's a hole in the center and it's sinking, like that's, Exactly. Right. There's a big hole. You should not, in the center you should of your not house. give me that to work right. with. <laughs> There's a big, that's too easy. There's a big hole in the center of your house. There's a big hole in the center of your story. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that's problematic is that it just, it lacks like an emotion. Like I never cared so much for Edith, for, for Mia, you know, her character. And I didn't root so much for Chastain and Hiddleston because they weren't, she's crazy enough, but not likable enough. Right. And he's not twisting mustache enough of a bad guy to warrant it. Right. So I'm left kind of caring about the visuals. And they're great, but it's not enough to float a story. If this were an hour-long story, and the stuff that it... The frustrating thing is, like, 40 minutes into the story, they, they're just starting to get to Crimson Peak. You know, they're, tar- they're going to go to Aberdale Hall. Right, we have... We have- kind of a long long road it builds up a bit and i'm okay with that i was getting actually, all the way there and i i was right. enjoying that kind of bureaucracy and familial relations and old school kind of gothic stuff i kind of was all right with that and the pace was okay but the dialogue that they had to say to each other felt so much like hey we've got a three-hour movie we can just say it the way we want and then they like faded out faded in and now she loved him so much right exactly. like there was no believability to characters or their like motivations right at all. and you know at the beginning and i was just supposed to believe it because her reactions were enough even when she's in the house her reactions to what she's seen which are terribly frightening things for her right they're uh, they're supposed to motivate her actions and she doesn't really sell it so much but i know that the plot has to go in this direction and we got another 40 minutes so she has to do the stupid thing because the plot says so right not she would really do that even 200 and years ago the the thing that's the thing that's did you really think, I mean, weird is you know with the whole like it, say if you took this and made it like that hour long tv show the thing that's weird about it is that a lot of it is filmed as though we had that kind of sensibility in mind. I agree. And except, and then we go, now there's all this filler. Right. Right. For, for no reason. Like if you're making a two hour movie, then you, then you don't film those scenes in that way. You right. film things in a different way. But we get, you know, as soon as you see Jessica Chastain, you know, she might as well twirl her mustache. You know, right. I mean, you know exactly what she's doing. She doesn't ever have a part where she is like a, you know, I don't know if this could possibly spoil anything or anything we say could spoil anything right. really about this movie. But when we first see her, you know, she's not pulling like the, the con woman. Right angle she's not like selling you that like there's no no surprise to the fact that she's an evil crazy person ever like when you first hear and if you have a one hour thing that you're doing then that makes sense you just go look i mean they're the bad guys take my word for it right Right. and with hiddleston too like you know he's a bad guy too but you Mm -hmm. know that he's exactly right the person he is and he's going to end up at the end in exactly the place he does right because that's that he walks in the door with exactly <laughs> that expression right? Yeah. The, from the first time you see him. Yeah. And and that does make perfect sense. If you're like, we have this really long story, we're going to try to cram it into an hour. Right. And, it, you know, I'm sorry, this is not perfect, but this is what you have to do. Right. right? I'll make it fun. So hang in there with me. But yeah. then you have to do it for two hours and then you get, you know, right. other things um, even even way late in in the movie it's odd because it's still doing it sort of right which you would think we'd been through this whole movie now yeah now we don't have to do that anymore yeah, doesn't but you even get parts like uh you know when tom hiddleston finally says crimson peak right right i mean you're mia's character right as a little girl your mom as the really creepy ghost comes and gives you this warning, right. then comes back again and scares you. And they're, and these are not like, you know, friendly ghosts, right? Yeah. These are really freaky looking ghosts. 
Even, I mean, they're like the freakiest looking movie ghosts you've ever seen. They look like Dementors, you know, basically. With like their hoods off and their skeletons and their, you know, totally creepy and everything, right? right? And they obviously scare the hell out of her, right? Yeah. And then she sees other ghosts. She sees the dead woman in the bath or whatever. She's completely freaked out as though that weren't enough. Then he says, well, this is Crimson Peak. Right. And then she just goes, oh, that's weird. Right. Like, right. she's not already out the door. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, but that's what we have to do because, you know, that yeah. that whole play where he reveals that the place is called Crimson Peak right. and she just kind of stands there and takes it, that whole thing is the hour-long version right. where, right. where you exactly. need to do what you're doing. Right. Not when you've got all this time to play with and don't know what to do with it all. Yeah. You know, you don't just have, I mean, she should be, uh, by the time everything hits the fan. Right. She really needs to be kind of way more incapacitated stage and can't do anything or get out. And what's weird about that even too, is that that's even actually kind of what happens because as soon as she gets a little scared, Boom, she's really sick. Right. And then you go, well, wait a minute. (laughs) You know, because. And it's like she turns the corner. And I mean, I mean, literally, she walks around the corner and she just starts losing. Right. It's strength. It's like. It's like finding out that you're in danger is what triggers the poison in (laughs) your body. Right. And you start (laughs) putting it together. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Right. And and she's been taking the. and, And the weird thing, too, is once they get to the castle, you can. Or big house, the manor, whatever the whatever, hell it is. The estate, yeah. um, as soon as they get there, Jessica Chastain is only just barely pretending to be nice <laughs> at all. Yeah. And, and not doing a very good not job of right. it. And they still need her to do stuff. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't really, she, and, and just in case anybody's right. really paying attention. She, when you say she's not doing a good job of it, Jessica Chastain is doing a good job, but the, the character she's playing right. is very thinly veiled, hiding her dislike of Edith and what's happening. It, around it's her. almost so, like, yeah. it's almost like a you lot know. of the movie is uh, pretty convinced that you're kind of stupid. And so it, we have to say <laughs> things really simply. Right. And you know, if, if Jessica Chastain was doing a good job right. of pretending that she's a good guy or whatever right. and waited until you were really on death's door yeah. to turn evil or something, then the audience might go, wait, what? I don't right. know. You right. know, it's, it's like almost gets insulting at some point because you're making, yeah. you know, so little effort of putting anything together. There, there's an interesting couple things, you know, to say, uh, also to people who might be thinking and going to see it. Um, you know, this is, mo- this is really a Gothic love story. It's actually interesting. She says, and it's, it's strange as a defense too. It, all the things are kind of in the beginning. Like Edith as a character is a, is a person who loves writing and she has talent and she goes and discovers that based on her handwriting being too feminine, no one takes her seriously. You know, these are real right, right, sexist right. kind of things that happen to, to writers and to women back in, in the day. So she, you know, she eventually decides to type up her manuscript. She has an, she has a meeting with someone who's a relation to her father, a, a friend of a friend. And, and he's reading it and he says, you know, this is a ghost story. And right. she says, well, no, it's not a ghost story. It's a love story, but there's a ghost in it. Right. And that's the movie. You, you get this, you get this insight 15 minutes into the movie. Right. And it's strange. That's not a defense. It's actually just foreshadowing, you that, know, and, but it's interesting because she also says stuff like in the very first line when we see, and I think I meant to ask you this, like the movie opened. Oh yeah. And I said, Oh the my movie God. Open the, the lights go on and the scene opens and we see Edith and she's in the snow and she's bloody. And you clearly are like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, and, I, I, and I was like, I, I think I, I know did. what this means. I, think I did. It, you hating this. Like you always love movies. And I mean, you hate movies that show the end in the beginning. Yeah. Right. That was that. Okay. That was why, because as, I as soon as that happened, happened, I'm like, really? Like it's already three stars for you now. As, as soon as that happened, I, I just went, it was the same thing. Like you were saying, you know, I was going, <laughs> I come, was come on like, Guillermo. Do I have to right, get this from right, you too? Because right. Like I'm gonna start taking off like a quarter star for like every <laughs> movie like that does you that. Whip out no. your notebook and be like, "There's four stars." Like <laughs> yeah. you better knock my socks off because that's. I'm 
so tired of every yeah. movie that comes out opening with the final scene. I was in the and mood, then going, too. let's like, go back. Scary music, lights dim, everything's red, and then you're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, and I've seen enough movies. I've been I friends threw, with you for I years. Threw I threw the whole thing off for you. Yeah. So, but in the beginning, her first thing is, you know, I've, I've, I'm saying, I'm paraphrasing, like I've seen ghosts, I've seen them all, or I believe in ghosts, I've seen them all my life. Right. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, she's going to get to this house and she's going to see all these ghosts because the, and I thought it would be something like the house needs bodies to live. And, and right. It kind of does. Or you know, something, something really. Because they hint on that so. later. They say the house keeps things alive even when it shouldn't be, you know, things like right. that. And then we see this dog and the weird things that happen. But I thought, this is going to be kind of an interesting gothic story. And my whole saying all this is now going to digress to what I really meant to say, which is it's not a scary story. No, it really and it doesn't kind of have anything love, to do with ghosts. Actually. It doesn't really. It has, it has, you know, it, it kind of really is just a love story with a ghost in it. People are going to this film and I have, I think part of the problem with what this movie is going to encounter is the marketing. I think the trailer is absolutely what you see in the movie. There's nothing secret in the trailer that isn't shown in the movie. I think it's cut in the way that that funny viral video of The Shining is a romantic comedy. Right. You know, this it, thing makes trying, it look like this is a bloodbath yeah. film. Right. And I think that's disingenuous to try to get people there because I thought by looking, and this is kind of a stupid judgment, <clears throat> but when we were the first of, we were only two of the three people in the theater, and then eventually all these people poured in, well, more people poured in. I could almost guarantee that they were kind of Guillermo fans, that they liked a certain film or films of his, that it wasn't just your average Joe Public who's like, I want to be scared. It's Halloween. Right. So I was like, you don't need to, you don't need to push the film like that. And in doing so, you're going to alienate people because they're going to go to it expecting to be scared on date night, like right. Insidious. And what you get is something that's more like, you know, the woman in black. Right, you get like a real uh, and, gothic and not, story. Yeah, there. Are, I mean, did you? There are a lot about, more. There are a lot of people who would go see this movie if it had I, an honest trailer. Sure, because it's sure. it's not. It is and it isn't. I mean, it, isn't it, it weird it, how it, it is both? kind of? Yeah. It, it is what happens in the trailer, but it's that's not the story. Right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't like let it, you in on what the story is. And the weird thing about the movie is that, like I said, the ghosts are basically accidental. It's just that she can see she ghosts. Can see them, right. and, uh, but it's not like, oh, the haunted house or, you know, it. Right. anyone who walks in is going to be scared right. by the it's ghosts. Like the or like a horror. Right. right. It's, right. it's this weird thing about her. Yeah. But I was going to, you reminded me of her book and, and that was uh, an early part in the movie that I really started to wonder because at the beginning, I mean, never mind the whole end nonsense, but at the beginning of the movie, yeah. I, I was I was kind of into it for a while. Yeah, I was too. And uh, I thought it was I thought it was a little odd. Speaking of like the trailer, that all of a sudden there was it was this weird, you know, Charlie Hunnam and uh, uh-huh. and Hiddleston right. like back and forth looking at each other, going after the same yeah. girl. I'm like, what movie am I in? Like, right. This is right. <laughs> you know, this is like some weird. Yeah. Uh, he's not good enough for her, kind of odd yeah. love story thing yeah and so that was weird but i i was kind of into the movie at first and you know one of the one of the things that really i started going wait a minute is she's she's typing up her book right and uh tom hiddleston comes in looks at the manuscript upside down for about five seconds yeah and goes hey this is really good i remember this yeah. and i'm like what happened right. <laughs> like he's he's <laughs> holding the pages i mean she's got you know there's like 30 40 pages in like a pile yeah. and he, and all of a sudden he just spins around and goes this is really good right and she doesn't blink right like it makes perfect sense to her well obviously he's been he's read at least four words right so right. he knows that it's really good i'm yeah. like what is happening here yeah and it's all the same bizarro thing about this is really an hour-long thing yeah. they're filming well, all the parts yeah. like we have to run this. yeah go yeah right, right. We, we can't even have him you know uh, in a believable thing like you know he picks it up and then let's cut to yeah instantly it's five minutes later and right. he's reading the end or anything it's yeah. just nope just this is good just start talking like you already right. read it right and she, you know she just falls for it and as soon as that happened i kind of was going we're we're on like a weird road right, right. In, the, in this movie right. and stuff is happening in weird ways and there's also this you know now that so now they've got to fill up time it's a we it's a weird uh 
smashing together of two theories going on in this movie, I think, because we're filming half the movie like we're out of time. Yeah. Like we have to do everything as fast as we can yep. and we're really out of time. And then the other half is, oh my God, we've got all this time left. Right. Let's fill, stretch this fill out. it up with something. Yeah. So you get these things like uh, her dad and we have to yeah. watch him in the, at the club, in the shower, like for a really yeah. long time, yeah. like shaving and the whole scene where he gets killed. So I spoiled that. Right. Um, Way to go. Is so weirdly long. Yeah. For no reason. Right. And it's not even that creepy. There are later things that happen in the house, which I yeah. think are awesomely creepy. Yep. And they're not they're not stretched out too long. They're stretched out because look, it's creepy and she's walking through the house. And I think right. those are great scenes. Yeah, I agree. They're almost completely pulled out of this movie yeah. in some way because they're right. they're their own thing. If you just yeah. watch those scenes all by themselves. Right. You know, you'd be you'd at be the, awesome. you'd, yeah. you'd buy your ticket instantly for the movie, yep. but it's not the movie you would right. actually get. Right. But then earlier scenes, we've got you know the the whole the whole dancing thing. Yeah. Which didn't actually seem to make sense. That whole scene seemed like that was the point at which, uh, you know, just before that scene, and he goes to the house and all that. Yep. That felt like there's like 10 other minutes that were before that. Right. That we didn't Where see. we actually believe that they kind of fall in love. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're like at this dance thing. Yeah. Or there's some other part right after that or something. But, you yeah. know, it, it, it's true. It's like you said, we just sort of see them a couple times near each other. Right. And then you know, boom, they're in love. And I get, or I she's get, in love with him. Anyway, and whatever, I get right? that there was a different time to some extent. And I get that people, you know, if somebody, if a suitor of some statue, you know, or a stature rather had uh, expressed an interest in you, you were like, okay, I love you now. Right. You know, I get that, but man, it just feels so Xerox. It, it was, know, that, it was very weird. That's in the realm of stuff that you said in the beginning, which is there were so many cliches and it's not just haunted house, you know, crazy sister, you know, suitor guy. Father. And I actually, those scenes with her dad, I like that guy, uh, uh, Jim Beaver. And I, I only know him specifically from the justified show. Really fun. Oh, right. right. That. I mean, it, it, there were times when he's, I think really effective as that character, but there were these other times where, you see these time period pieces, this sounds nitpicky, but you see these time period pieces and they're saying the words that are on the paper and they're in their costume and they're wearing a bustle or whatever, a top hat. Right. And they're, and they don't have the speech. right. And, and they've like, translated, they've taken the lines that right. they want to write and they've sent it through, you know, Google, make this old timey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and so we change the words, but they, they just, they, they say it almost as if they would say to me today, Hey, pass the salt. You know, and they don't have to go accentuating or grandiose, but it's just the, the sometimes he's they talking just, to everybody around They just don't really them, feel like they're, and they're just saying lines. In that time, they're yeah. not there. Like they look like they're there, but it was just weird. And I'm watching that, and I'm like, that's awkward. It's kind of weird, right? And there were things about that that stuff that was early in the film that kind of set up this these characters in motion that I actually did kind of like much like what you're saying later about when they finally get to the house, there's some really great stuff there. Really, really great scenes. It just went forever. And that dance scene is the epitome for me because they, they, they do this, like he's from another country. He's going to show us how to do the waltz and the, uh, the right. candle go European out. European like, style. And we've right. got this dumb and I'm candle. Like, this better be good. And you know, the thing that was uh, kind of horrendous about that for me is that you set up this whole goofy cell right. of doing this dance. And it's so obvious that it's a CGI flame on right. a candle <laughs> that they're not actually doing it. And then if you're going to do that, you have to really do it. Right. Because really do because it. then it's just goofy. Well, you know right? what's even weird? Uh, this isn't my first movie, but I didn't look at Emma or Hiddleston at all. I watched the flame for three minutes. <laughs> right. And I'm like, it's out. Oh, it's out. You know, I didn't take, I genuinely, I was looking at it. I'm like, what am I, a moth? What kind of stupid <laughs> theater goer am I? And it's so weird. But it was just basically like, you can't follow it's this a, point. It's such, you know? a weird, it's such a weirdly put and together it scene. Have, right. and, and it doesn't put, do anything. There was a lot of effort to make that scene something. And all I can think of is Guillermo wanted that scene to 
represent something or he really want he couldn't have been he just wanted a dance scene right you know because it's not and i'm not even trying to be funny it's just it's so awkward after the build-up and then it just happens and then they're like well okay right and, the, and the, there are a lot you know. of scenes in this movie and that's one of them and uh, there are several others that really stand out where you know that scene just doesn't feel like it's actually supposed to be in the right. middle in of what film. it's in the middle of right. it's not uh it's it's like we've, you know, cut and pasted from somewhere else. Yeah. There's a second unit director who's filming stuff that we don't know what he's filming, right. but we have to stick it in the middle. It's such a weird, it's such a weird just smashing together. There are later scenes that I thought uh, were very similar when uh, Tom Hiddleston is messing around with his machine. Right. The clay machine. Where outside. there's nothing wrong with those scenes right. in themselves. They're just weird yeah. in in the movie. He's got like the workers around. He, you know, hurt yep. he hurts himself in like the most bizarrely <laughs> unbelievable way. Right. And then he has to get back to work because otherwise the workers that he's hired to come help right. him with this will leave. It's such a weird yeah. scene in the middle of this movie. Yeah. And it's actually not a bad scene. Right. Right. But but, it, but it's just odd. If, yeah. if we were watching this if this were like a foreign film where I'd never seen it and I was watching the deleted scenes and that dance scene was in it, I would look at it and be like, that's okay. But I understand why you didn't put it in. Right. Like I know why you saved me six or seven minutes. <laughs> right. It's just got that weird feeling to it. And, and that, and that's the problem too, is that, you know, like there's all these things that the movie could do and could do really well. And every single one of them, we're like, that's a goofy cliche that doesn't right. help anything. Even the part where, you know, the, the private investigator comes and shows him the stuff right yeah. and then dad gets mad and then yeah. we write the check every single part of of that whole encounter is just you know directly from eight thousand other things right. where the right. finds out and then pays off the suitor to yeah there there's nothing interesting or original about it yeah. and we go through the whole thing at like the weirdest dead run Right. All of a sudden, we're just trying to get through that as fast as we can, because yep. we have to have you watch them dancing for like seven minutes. Right. In this, right. and it doesn't make sense that and those go together. That's the other know? thing that's kind of frustrating, because when there are good things later that really, you know, and to their credit, they don't overstay. You know, the scenes in the house that are really great are pretty much all the right length. You know, right. I can't think of anything specifically where I'm like, man, that needed to be longer. I needed to see more of that. You know. But then you just see all these unnecessary things that they build up hard, waste time getting to it, waste time showing it. It doesn't do anything right. for me later. It's not as if I need to know anything about Hiddleston's character being a fantastic dancer later right. in the story to sell me on any part of the story. Right. And then uh, as the movie goes on, ultimately, almost everything in the movie becomes – you start looking at everything through that like, right. same lens. Right. And, and before long, you're going, why are there ghosts? Well, <laughs> Because they don't actually serve yeah. a lot of purpose except for, uh, you know, him to say that it's called Crimson Peak later. Yeah. But it's not like that changed anything because no. she didn't take off. Right. She didn't do anything <laughs> when, right. When that he sounds familiar. It, it doesn't. It does. And then, you know, it's just like there's uh, all this weird, almost like uh, old, bad horror movie nonsensical stuff yeah. that happens. Charlie Hunnam comes in to save the day, but this just stands there so he can right. get stabbed, right. which is like not at all what you would think anyone with a brain would do. Yeah. But now we're in the mode of having to have these goofy horror. Yeah. Well, I, I need, I need you to get killed now right. things and I can't come up with a good way to sell it. So yeah. you trip over a log when you're running away or right. whatever. I mean, right. just anything that, that comes up. And, you know, Charlie Hunnam, actually, I, I like him in uh, some things, right? Yeah. I liked him in Sons of Anarchy. He was, uh, I thought, surprisingly good in in that show. But he was kind of like the dad, you were saying, for yeah. me. You know, he was, he just seemed like he was doing an impression yeah. of like an, he was there and he somebody that from part. that age. But, I didn't, I didn't. But know, he didn't yeah. seem like, especially someone who's a fairly young in whatever situation he just didn't you know he's saying the lines and he's yeah. kind of doing what he can but he never seemed like that guy right that he was I supposed agree. to be playing right uh, i mean he was okay but then and then he comes in at the end you're 
as in the middle of nowhere as you can possibly be. Right. And still there are people there. Yeah. And, and he's just kind of, you know, it would make more sense if he were more oddly aristocratic in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And that he would think that he could just walk around and say, right. We're leaving when you go in the middle of nowhere and you can just say so, and then you'll leave. Yeah. Yeah. But it just felt so weirdly goofy and forced and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. It, It just had so many parts going through the movie that there was nothing cool and original it was like somebody it's like if this was based on some old ghost story right i would not be surprised yeah there's like a ghost story that takes about five minutes to tell and somebody told it to guillermo del toro at one point and he said i could tell that for two hours and spin that around forever and there's a good story in here, there is. which is yeah. irritating. Yeah. You know, there's a cool, good story in here, but everything that's uh, everything that's good and interesting, and you kind of want to explore more, like the ghosts, right. kind of. Right. I mean, it's 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 odd that the ghosts just sort of don't amount to anything. Yeah. Um. You know, except that they, I guess, kind of give you hints about things bit, but it's yeah. hints about things that she finds out in other ways and would have anyway so right. so they become kind of irrelevant except to be something scary to look at every yeah. once in a while yeah and it's it, it's weird like um we want to have weird creepy stuff and so we need to have ghosts yeah but that's really it for them yeah. is that every once in a while i want something to look really creepy and scary right but they don't, they don't get anywhere. Yeah. And that's just, that's bizarre for Guillermo del Toro. I mean, when you look at the other creepy things that he's done right. that are creepy, awesome stories. Well, he, he, you know, in another way too, this isn't the best, this isn't the best example of how I felt about the film. Uh, but it is something, cause I, I'd talked to somebody earlier and, and they had seen some of the earlier stuff too. Uh, I just said, you know, for me, every once in a while, you'll see a film like Evil Dead and Evil Dead got remade into Evil Dead 2, but it was basically the same film. They just made it funny, but it's right. almost exactly the same plot. And and that stuff happens, you know, every once in a while. Um, in this instance, there were a lot of things in Crimson Peak that were kind of he'd already done before, it, you know, and El Mariachi is another one. Robert Rodriguez remade that right. into Desperado. Basically, he had a right. bigger budget, just went the same story. The Devil's Backbone isn't the exact same story that Crimson Peak is, but there's a lot of similarities in there. I don't know if you've ever seen that yeah. one. You know, it just it, when you when you like a certain director too, you see a lot of the stuff that they do over and over again anyway. So there'll be echoes of stuff there. I feel like maybe this is one of these things where he had an idea and didn't realize that maybe he was even plagiarizing himself a little, and then it just didn't work as good. Like right. you can't you can't photocopy a photocopy and expect anything but a blurry photocopy. Right. You know and I guess like, you know, I guess like what you said, which is what I hinted at earlier, if if we could have gotten an hour version of this, I think it would have been tight. And I don't know if scary is the right word, because I don't think it's supposed to be a scary film. I just think it would have been effective, right? moody, and kind of spooky in places. And and it sells itself at the end. The closer it gets to the end, the more it kind of sells itself as something where the whole brother-sister relationship is supposed to be interesting. Right. Except that you've had the whole run before that, yeah, where everything was totally obvious, <laughs> yeah, and and then they get to the end. You know, it's it, the one of the truly bizarre things in this movie. If you can even like stand to watch, is like I I really was kind of just wondering what the hell was going on when she finds them and like yeah. catches them, right? Sort together. of. I mean, right. she she catches them, yes. kind of, right? And then uh, Jessica Chastain's character even says, like, the cat's out of the bag now right. or whatever. Yeah. But watching that scene was really weird. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, you know, if the whole first part of the movie, you know, told you everything and then there's this 
sell at the end where they just say it again. Right. But you're supposed to be surprised and you're supposed to go, no, look, I I had no idea. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a weird scene. And it's, you know, she sneaks in, she has to go through the ghost shows her the secret passage. Yeah. That's actually the only thing the ghost did. Right. That's, Pointed. That's just the, like, yeah. The only thing that actually resulted from yeah. there being ghosts is that the ghost pointed her to like a certain hallway the or doorway or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. And she goes down this hall and found them. And then I get, she wouldn't have actually done that without right. the ghost, right. I guess. So the ghost, there you go. the ghosts get that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then it's all like this. We're trying to build tension. She's sneaking along. She's trying not to be heard or whatever. And then, oh, the, it, the reveal and yeah. she sees him. And you're like, well, what? I mean, yeah. who didn't know that? She had to have known that right. herself, right. although she didn't want to admit it to herself or something. But yeah. but I mean, it was just so weird. And that <laughs> that you would that you would go to that thing. It's like if you have uh you know, like an M night movie and, you know, we reveal the end. Yeah. And then we do it again. Right. (laughs) In case you were getting popcorn. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was just odd. I guess for her character, it's sort of a reveal or whatever, but for the audience, right. There's some, there's some place in storytelling there where we've lost the difference between, yeah. you know, the character and the audience because yeah. the audience clearly knows that. Yeah. I mean, really early in the movie, yeah. <laughs> I would think. And then, you know, it's, and there's nowhere left to go really right. because to, right. the thing that's uh, even weirder about that is that, you know, Jessica Chastain says, aha, well now I don't have to be nice anymore, but she's never nice in the first place. There's nowhere right. for her to go. It's not yeah. like now she can turn evil and start being mean. Yeah. She was completely obvious before. The, the, the last frustrating thing that they did, and I didn't think they could fulfill any more cliches, you know, the way that they were even clichely cliching themselves, which was, you know, Tom Hiddleston's character really does love Edith and has these moments, though they're good moments, they, they just, I'm so flat. Yeah. I'm not interested in them. Like when, when he comes in and she's really sick and he sees her sick and his sister leaves and he looks at her and he says, don't drink that ever. Right. Like you, now, you know, like, Hey, he's on her side. Like, okay, now we're going to see a big power play here. And it just is a bunch of, cle- and, but you and knew when he that, got the doctor, that was coming. And, and, and yeah, anyway, I know. And I when mean, he, when he got the doctor and he's like, you know, you're the doctor, tell me where this should go. You know? And he's just kind of like, and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, you know, there's no way that this thing can save itself at this point, but it could be at least a little bit more interesting than the dismount. Right. And it just, it keeps doing one more cliche and not, and cliche. not so much, but it does have, uh, the most awesome looking stuff. It is it. so gorgeous looking. And this was a film when I was watching it. I don't even know if it's in 3D. But if it was, I would have I don't said, think it is, I would have no. said, you know, look, this is one of those rare ones where I may actually. I want to see I, that I, house I, I in 3D. See, yeah. I want to see some scenes in 3D because that would have been beautiful. Yeah. You know? and, and I don't think that this is going to be something I will look upon more fondly in months down the road when I, when I may have to see it again or I see it again. Right. But maybe, you know, maybe with my expectations now very low, I might, <laughs> right. you know, now all just, of a sudden it's not so bad. I, I was really psyched for the new Guillermo del Toro. Film. Right. You know, I, I was and, too. And it, it could, I don't know. It could not have been more disappointing. It was, it was a little weird. Yeah. Because, um, it, and it's such a weird thing because uh, everything was really cool looking. And not only that, yeah. but even the boring parts were really awesomely filmed. They were. Technically, I mean, it's, he's it's really, stunning. he's really a great yeah, director. He is. Uh, all of the stuff in even like that dancing scene aesthetically it still was a really well shot scene right. it was just a well shot scene of something stupid yeah. that i didn't want to watch which is <laughs> yeah is such a bizarre thing yeah. to put together and when they show up at the house right when they first get to the house um it's a really weird scene too and yeah. it's i think really poorly written goofball thing yeah but it's such an awesomely shot scene yeah. of first entering this house and yeah. looking around at what a crazy, yeah. even uh, that, that was the only point where I really, real, really liked uh, Mia Wasikowska. Yeah. I really liked her in that scene because it's like, she has this awesome expression of, 
figuring out what she just got Got herself herself into into, and then kind of trying to be okay with it. Right. It's like, she's not okay with it, but she's trying to look like she's okay with it, but she's really, you know, having it hit home that even just the fact that you can't see anything else from outside. Right. There, there's a big house and nothing else. Like as far as the eye can see. Yeah. And she's completely not used to that. Yeah. Then she goes inside and realizes that it's a big crap hole. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's the, can we can the, we spend some money for the roof instead of your machine? Right. Like, can we just sell some clay? Right. You know. And yeah. uh, you know, not only that, that yeah. is that would have been right there. You could have made a way better film if we would have had some exploration of that idea because. Yeah. They've already ripped off right other like people of, yeah. and have all kinds of other yeah. money yeah. that they could have been fixing the house. And if yeah. there would have been something else going on about what's going on with the money and right. what they actually do with it when they get it and why this keeps going on, that would have actually been like an interesting note of yeah. uh, getting into I, our characters beyond just saying, ooh, they're creepy I, and evil. I know we're getting close you know. and, we, and we probably don't have to go over no. I genuinely thought that the brother and the sister, because of some familial relationship with their parents, and they hinted at that later, I thought that they had to, like in the way that the Winchester house famously was constructed and continually right. constructed because the woman believed that that would keep her alive, except right. you know, all these strange things. I thought that they kept needing money because the house, as long as the house was alive, they were alive. But the house was constantly sinking and dying, and they just constantly right. And they were money. actually fixing. And it. I thought, right. except that you don't get anything it, of nothing. Them they don't it. ever do anything. But I'm like, right. that would be a fun motivation for them because in order for them to self-preserve, you know, they, they just they would need these things. But not. So I and I thought and I was looking forward to that. I thought, and here's the really weird thing, is you know, before we go like you said, we're, we're getting a little low on time and it's not necessary to keep talking about this movie probably. But yeah. uh, I thought the weird thing was that, you know, he mentioned something about ghosts when they're in America. Yeah. And you expect that they're going to a haunted place. Right. And they're right. not, they're not really. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just bizarre. You get there and it, the funny thing is that they have to write these lines, like I said, you know, because they figure that your average moviegoer is not that bright. Right. They even have to have uh, Jessica Chastain's character mention something about how could she have known this or oh, right, like, yeah, right. what is she She's talking, talking about, about with yeah. the ghost? Like she says something about a ghost. Like if they would have known there were ghosts. Right. It would okay. have been something to been do. Something to, right. It would have been something to talk about or something. Yeah. But no, there there aren't really ghosts there, yeah. except to her. Right. It's, it's just her and her magical connection that we have no idea how right. that works or why ghosts can see in the future or any, anything else just, about anything. Just ghosts. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, if that's the story you're going to tell, uh, I would rather it be zombies. Right. <laughs> Because it should have just been Batman. You're, you're just having just creep. You're just up. having creepy things. I don't know what we're things. gonna do. I don't know what your feeling about next week is. I mean, I know we're getting close, but between Steve Jobs, The Last Witch Hunter, Suffragette, Gem and the Holograms, which I hope we never see, and Rock the Casbah, you know, Bill Murray's film. I don't, I, mean, I, I don't know either. We might have to do a couple things. That would I be think, interesting. I think the. Uh, I mean, there's another paranormal activity, but I mean, uh, you know, uh, whatever. It's hard to say what's going what to pull out yeah. there. I don't, know. I don't know. It could be anything. We might go back to uh, Bridge of Spies as well. We might do That'd be cool. something. Who knows? Um, if you guys want to have us see anything, email us. That's always fun. When, yeah, that'd when be the audience decides, nah, They'll all make us go see Gem in the Holograms. So that's not happening. That's how you can tell me how that. I'll be uh, sick. The Last Witch Hunter, uh, I wish I could get more behind. It's going to be really funny if that's great. If if Guillermo del really put out a film and, and it tanked, and then Vin Diesel's was awesome. Yeah, you know that Vin, anyway. we even saw the trailer for that yeah. last night, and it just makes me think of like that Seventh Son movie that yeah, came out last year. Yeah, and no one story. cared about that. Yeah. You had the wrong people, but put Vin Diesel in the same All thing, yep. and <laughs> then yeah. everyone's on it. All right, we're going to wrap this up. We're out of time anyway. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. I don't know what. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, next week. And uh, thanks for tuning in.
we'll see you next week with something. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> please share, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening. <laughs> Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.